Aloha, everybody. This is Jeff Reimbold and the Jeff Reimbold Show in conjunction with Pro Football Ireland. And we are talking with Mike McQuaid of Pro Football Ireland. And we're going to talk a little bit about the AFC West division. I think one of the best divisions in football. Welcome, Michael. Let's talk a little ball. Jeff, how are you doing, man? It's good, it's good to see you again. Uh, hard luck last week in the CFL, but there's so many games left, and I I, I, I know you guys will be uh, back up week two, ready to go, and I know, I know a lot of people over here are watching it, so um, yeah, it's it's good to speak to you again, and I uh, appreciate the the strongly worded introduction as well, and uh, it's it's always good to talk with all of you. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I, I, it was frustrating, obviously, last week. We didn't get it done. Did some good things, not enough good things against a good team on the road, uh, but that's pro football, and uh, you know, now you can't feel sorry for yourself sit in the corner and suck your thumb or anything else you got to get back up and take the lessons flush it and get on to next week we've got to play sunday in toronto against the defending great cup champion which is our super bowl champion and um you know so again the road doesn't get any easier it's it's in this league it's 18 weeks of you know battles every week the games normally come down to the last three minutes you know we got behind way too big early 24 you know, 24 to 4 I think it was in the first half and fought back in the second half made it an eight point game with three minutes left to go a one score game but you know couldn't close couldn't finish the the comeback so you learn from it you move on it's a, a fitting AFC West podcast because on the same day as this we should be releasing the Tom Telasco interview on the podcast feed which I've completely jinxed myself now if the Chargers who I love PR wise changes around for the third time it could happen uh, but um, I think I think what I mean please, please please correct me if I'm wrong Jeff but what we'll do is we'll have a bit of a way too early sort of discussion preview around the 15-20 minutes and then we've got some questions from from people around uh, the UK Ireland as well and obviously thanks to people for listening to this RSS feed as well but uh, do you want my very very quick presumption of this division uh, give it, give it, Chiefs are give it miles ahead Jeff they're miles ahead like they're it's like you were in Winnipeg the other day, yeah. Imagine they were fl- like, imagine your team was flying home and you were driving home. That's how far the <laughs> the Chiefs are in this division. I, I just don't see anybody stopping them, and it's sad to say that, you know, because I'm, I'm obviously a Broncos fan as well. Well, I, I, I think we were driving home because our charter didn't get back till five in the morning, so it was a long day. But you know, let's talk about the division. The football in this division, I think, is as good as there is in any division in football. And, and you know, this is a division that has a lot of historic rivals in it, and there's a lot of storied history in this division. But I want to start with a, with a team that's a new team, and it's your team, Michael. It's, your, it's the Denver Broncos. You know, Sean Payton has come in there and really done an awful lot. To, you can call it clean house or get things in order or however you want to say it, but there's no question that there's a new sheriff in town in Denver. Um, you know, I think it's going to be interesting to see how Russell Wilson responds to this new approach. Um, and, you know, you know, when you look at any team, I think right now in, in football, you got to look at the quarterback position first. And they went out and were aggressive and went and got Jared Stidham from a, as a free agent from the Raiders. Uh, and, you know, I think that sent a warning, you know, shot across the Russell Wilson bow and said, hey, you know, if you're not going to play better, you know, we're, we're going to get somebody in here that can that can play. Stidham, I think, is a is a quality backup, and I think at some point in his career will be a starter. 
But really, this is still Russell Wilson's team. And I think the biggest thing about it, as you look at it, they've made steps to get better. Mike McGlinchey, free agent tackle from San Francisco. They bring in Ben Powers at guard. They're rebuilding an offensive line, which has been a historic problem in Denver. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what Samaji P. Ryan at running back can do for him. That's another new name that we haven't seen yet. The wide receiving core, when you when you throw these names out, uh, you know, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, uh, second rounder Marvin Mims, I think is going to have a real fine NFL career. And then you got Greg Dulcich, a, a second year tight end out of UCLA, I think is a, you know, rising star in the game. So you got to feel if you're a Denver Bronco fan, you you know, you look at the names on paper on that offense, and they should be a good offense this coming fall. Taking my fan hat off for a minute, the Broncos are the second highest, or the, the team they're second in the league on terms of how many seasons they've missed the playoffs. They have not missed it. They have not made the playoffs since they won the Super Bowl in 2016, um, or when Peyton Manning was there. And um, the Jets are the highest of 12, but it, it's quite likely this year, depending on that division or, or, or that conference, that, that that will change this year. I, um, I accept everything you're saying. I think everything you're saying is positive and fans will be very positive. But I think eventually the buck has to give here. You know, you have a GM in George Payton who is in new ownership. It's not the first year now of new ownership. I, I, I personally think that Payton is not under pressure, but I think there is now an expectation to deliver. You you make the the huge decision to bring in Russell Wilson. And I don't, like granted, to be fair to Denver, I don't think anybody expected Wilson to have such a regression going anywhere um, but now you've said the names are you know McGlinchey Ben Powers Zach Allen from Arizona you double down you triple down you quadruple down never mind you know, at one point in the draft when you've got limited picks you trade up to get a certain player so I, I can see the consistency in terms of some of the decision making but I can see the urgency there also had a chance to meet Sean Payton in Phoenix I think you were at Starbucks in, in Radio Row whenever this was happening, but um, <laughs> back a few months ago. Um, I was impressed, and just in the way that he spoke about the team, and he was only in the job for, what, was that two weeks at that point where he, he had that job? Actually, no, I think he was introduced that week of Radio Row. He was there and back. Um, you know, we, we had Mike Cliss, who is basically the mouthpiece of the Broncos in terms of PR to the team to him he was on the podcast network this week he, it dropped on Sunday you can check it just under this episode um, and and he was saying obviously about Russell Wilson and the office he lost the office last year and now there does seem to be a change in Denver Peyton speaks for a lot longer to the media than, than former head coaches so I, I am intrigued to see what's going to happen I think they're a little light in terms of running back for a start and I think you know, you have to look at will there be a progression? You're going to be playing the Chiefs twice this year. You're going to be playing the Chargers twice this year again. And it's a tough schedule, Jeff. Like every schedule's tough. Don't get me wrong, but that is a tough schedule. And I think you know, how long will Sean Payton be given? How long will Russell Wilson be given? That, well, that's I the big question. I think. I, I think there's you know, this is a new day and age in in the National Football League, and head coaches don't get you know five years to turn the program around like they used to, and and uh, Obviously, the pressure on Russell Wilson's intense because they paid a lot of money, gave up draft picks to get him. He's got to be productive. My concern with the Broncos more than anything else is, you know, you're in a division with a lot of offensive firepower. 
and you look at them up you know, up front particularly and you mentioned the fact that they've gone out and got zach allen as a as a edge rusher and he's going to help certainly but do they have the kind of pass rush depth do they have the kind of you know playmakers in the front you know that that can get to the quarterback i think they're you know Alex Singleton and, and Jewel, the linebackers, are going to be fine. Drew Saunders, I thought, was a great pickup in the draft. I think he's going to upgrade that crew. Um, you know, Singleton's such an underrated player. He makes a lot of plays. You look at production per play, he's one of the tops in the NFL. The last Career year. high last year, yeah. Career high. Yeah. Yeah. You know, go Patrick Sertain and Justin Simmons in the back end and Riley Moss, the third rounder that they took, I think, has just got a chance to be a nickelback form and start. But I just worry – if I'm a if I'm a Bronco fan, I worry about their ability to put consistent pressure on the quarterback, and I think you got to be able to do that in that in that division. They will be better, in my opinion. How much better remains to be seen, and I think that all hinges on, you know, whether Sean Payton can get Russell Wilson to play more like Drew Brees and less like, you know, the Russell Wilson character that we had that we saw last year. I think that's really really important. I think for anyone in the league, you know, we we, and we we will move on to a different team now. But the, I think the last thing I'll say is it wasn't good enough last year. You know, uh, the, the the expectation for that division last year was so so high, and I still think it's as high as the AFC East talk that we have this year. The, the talk with the AFC East is so high because of Rogers coming in, and I understand that completely. But I still class it as as good a division as that, if not better. Uh, and and this sort of segues into your favorite team, not Leeds, Jeff. Who were taken over by your even better favorite team over the weekend? The 49ers bought them out. You must be a very, very happy man about that. Um, but uh, the Raiders, I, I feel like it's important to get this episode out very quickly before something happens with Jimmy G. I don't think anything's going to happen. Like we, we've had this conversation before, but they're a real sink or swim team. They open up against Denver, they close against Denver. Um, you sort of feel like that game could really define the season already for both those teams if they go in and they have a good start. It takes them from there. But uh, McDaniel's ball, he's got his quarterback now, potentially. Um, it's, it's not a bad offense, man. If you look at it like from the starters, Jesus, I mean, if Jimmy can get going, that is. Well, you know, I like I like I said, I grew, I grew up a Raiders fan and, uh, you know, they're a long, long way from the Raiders that I remember and the silver and black the, days and you know pride and poise and just win baby and al davis this is a team that's going to have to win on offense because right now i just you know you get past you know mad max and and this rookie tyree wilson up front then there's really not enough talent at the linebacker depth there's not enough talent in the in the db room um they're going to have to outscore people and you know, you look at them and you'd say, well, they should. I mean, they, they, they've got some guys, you know, they got Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, Michael Meyer, who they really like out of Notre Dame. Uh, I don't think he can, he's not going to give them some of the things Darren Waller did, but hopefully he'll be a more consistent, available player than Waller was. Waller, you know, when Waller was healthy, he was a dynamic guy, but I think they like what they have in Meyer, who's, you know, uh, you look at, you look at Josh McDaniel's offensive history and when he has a tight end that can both inline block and play out wide, which is, which are some of the things Meyer can do. Um, and I'm not comparing him to Gronkowski. I'm just saying that this is a guy who is going to 
bring a jolt of juice to that offense. Uh, their offensive line has gotten better over the years, but I just don't know if they've got enough talent on defense to be a factor in the division. I think they can beat anybody in the division on any given day. They got to learn to close out games. Watch them mm-hmm. last year. They couldn't. They couldn't close out games. They lost a lot of games in the last five minutes of the game. Once they figure that out and, and learn how to close out games, they can be as good as anybody on any given Sunday. But I don't see them finishing any higher in the division than third. I think the Raiders are going to finish fourth. And I, I mean, we're we're already getting into this. I, I want to leave this to the end, but as of June, the middle of June, I think Raiders finished fourth, Broncos finished third, and the other two teams are way ahead, and then the Chiefs are way ahead again, like as well. But um, it's funny because in in a year where Vegas has the Super Bowl, and I'm looking forward to staying at your hotel, Jeff, and having some fun downstairs with the uh, what's the game crack? What's it? The... <laughs> crack? No? Crack? That's it. That's it. The carpet at four o'clock. I mean, that that's going to be a ridiculous week for a start. Can we just put that out there in the open right now? That's going to be an absolute disgrace. But um, you're right. They're not like the Raiders of old. And you, I, I have no doubt that whenever they moved to Vegas two or three years ago now, well, pre-COVID, that they were looking at this year and going, we're going to challenge that year. We're going to win it in our backyard. And they're nowhere near it. And it, it feels like certain positions they have regressed and you have to question obviously there are financial reasons and there's different reasons as well in terms of the whole Derek Carr situation but that is a regression at that key position whether Jimmy Garoppolo is fully fit or not it's a different conversation so I just don't see how they're going to go on a run you're right they could win certain games I mean like you could see them coming in against you know bringing Kansas City to Vegas on a Sunday at 9.25 UK Ireland kickoff and winning a close game. But at the same time, you can see them getting blown out. And that that's the problem, you know? It's it's hard. I mean, you know, let's talk about let's talk about Jimmy G for for a second. You know, in spite of his situation with his foot and his health and all those questions, you know, you're talking about a guy that has proven he can win in the NFL. I think he's a top half of a you know league quarterback. I don't know if he's a guy who can put a team on his back and you know, carry him much like Patrick Mahomes can. And Herbert's been able to prove that he's done. And Russell Wilson has done earlier in his career. I didn't do it last year, but certainly there were a lot of those Seahawks teams that, you know, if, if they didn't have Russell at quarterback, you know, wouldn't have been in the playoffs, I think. So, you know, it, it, that that's my question about him is just how good can he be without the running game that he had in San Francisco, without the defense that he had in San Francisco, because, you know, he doesn't have either of those things in, you know, Vegas, but we'll see. And, and again, you know, I always, I'm, I'm, I want every team to do well and I want every player to do well. I'm not, I'm not hating on Jimmy G. I'm just telling you that I think he's got to have a lot of things go well around him for the Raiders to, move up any higher like I say than third and I would say it's either third or fourth depending on how things unfold in Denver and San Diego or because except I say San Diego be in Denver and LA because both of those teams are question mark teams to me I think they're good enough to beat anybody but they're also bad enough to lose to anybody and they're in you know both in kind of unique situations I you let's talk about the Chargers I mean 
for the Chargers, to me, it all starts with Justin Herbert. I mean, that's 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 the beginning and ending. I thought they did us, you know, did about as much as they could do to to get Austin Eckler back, and they incentive loaded his contract to try and make him feel better about coming back. You know, Quentin Johnson, who they took in the first round, I think has a chance. He's a big physical wide receiver out of TCU, has a chance to be a really good player. You know, the question, again, when you look at their wide receiving core in that wide receiver room, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, can they stay healthy for a whole season? If they can, and then you factor those three in, those are three big-bodied receivers who can make an awful lot of plays. And, you know, you got a running back who I think is outstanding. Uh, Here's where I see it challenge with this with the chargers and it's kind of always been there is i really worry about the physical toughness of their interior lines the interior defensive line and the interior of the offensive line um you know you look at their defense they should have good edge play with khalil mack and joey boza mack's not the pass rusher he once was but he's still very very good Bosa, i think can be elite when he's healthy I'm concerned about the injury to J.C. Jackson in the back end. I'm not even sure he's going to be ready for for week one. Um, and then, you know, you look at the the organization. This is year three for Brandon Staley. They, you know, they – I'm going to be interested to see how they bounce back from that leg that they – or excuse me, that egg that they laid in Jacksonville last year when they actually just – they just imploded in the second half and got bounced out of the playoffs. I think for Brandon Staley, this is a critical year for him, year three, where he has to get to the playoffs and not just get to the playoffs. I think he's got to go, they got to get make a little run in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, so this is a big year in, in Los Angeles for the Chargers. I would take, yes, the egg. I would say, what what's before the egg? What, what, what is before the egg? Chicken. <laughs> the chicken is. Let's go back 12 months before that and that performance in Las Vegas. Um, there were questions around Steely that night. How he survived that, and I shouldn't be saying this because we've got Mr. Telesco, who's a great guy coming on, but like genuinely, because people are talking about it. How Steely survived Jacksonville is beyond me because I could see it when they were 27 or 28 up or whatever it was, I could see it opening up for them. I think they're going to go to run. I think it was Cincinnati or something. I can't remember who they played the week out. It, it was Kansas City. So I was like, they're going to go to Kansas City next week and win. I went to bed and I, I will forever regret it. And I woke up and it was like being on a night out and the fear the next morning hits you. You're like, oh no, here we go. They've actually done it. Steely's gone if they don't get to the divisional round this year. I think minimum that has to be the expectation. But like you're talking about Herbert, financially it, this year and next is his open years in terms of building a team around him with the finances available. Like that, he is eventually going to have to be paid silly money because he's that good. But for me, it's all down to Herbert and his injury and in, ter- in terms of being injury prone. Can he get through? a full 18-week season and a playoff stretch, fully fit. And when I say fully fit, I mean he's fully fit every week. And don't get me wrong, you get a few, you know, niggles and hits every every so often. If he's over 90% fit every week, that's what I mean. But he didn't have that last year and the team regressed because of that. The Chargers on the day can put up 30, 40, 45, 46 points. I just, I don't know how, I don't know what to say about them. 
you know, you bring in Quentin Johnson there from TCU, another target for uh, Justin Herbert to have. If they went to Arrowhead and won and then took the Chiefs at the Chargers, it's anybody's game. But I, I, I have to see that bounce back, Jeff. And it's not just that bounce back. It's it's the real bounce back from people talking crap about the Chargers. People still not believing in them. They have to feel that this year even more. And they have to show that in the field. I think it was sort of shown at the start of last season. Like that Thursday night game in Arrowhead, like was it week two or week three, where the Chiefs did win. You could see that fight from Herbert. But that regressed over the season. You need to see that this year. Um, but they're a hell of a team on their day. I, I, you know, I'm not, I don't question Justin Herbert's competitiveness in any way, shape, or form. I think he's, I think he's an elite competitor and, and he's got great toughness. What I do question is, you know, you got to protect him and they've got to find a way to stay healthy in the interior line on offense and they've got to become more productive inside on defense. And, you know, like I said, you know, they, this is a team that on paper and, you know, we always say the game's not played on paper. It's played on grass and AstroTurf. And, um, but this team should be a better team than it is. And, and uh, you know, uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see how they come out of the blocks and, and whether they're able to sustain any momentum that they're out, you know, early in the year. Let's round it up by talking about um, the Chiefs, the, the, the big Chiefs team that I have going to Vegas already which is saying a lot Jeff and I'm already spoiling this podcast series but I just as of right now I just feel that if I don't speak against the Chiefs now that something will happen and I, I just think they're too good um, there's been no considerable like serious losses I mean like I mean obviously you have um, was it Frank Clark went to the Broncos Outside of that, you still got Mahomes there. You've got a good run game. They'd done the real work last year when they brought in considerable rookies. You can see Sky Moore towards the second half of the season starting to make an impact. I just don't see them imploding. And it's like the conversation that we're going to have every year. We'll have it this September. The only way the Chiefs are not going to get to the playoffs here is if Patrick Mahomes goes down. That's the reality, isn't it? Well, I think I think certainly he's the you know the straw that stirs the drink in in Kansas City, but it's really a four headed monster in Kansas City when you think about it. It's Patrick Mahomes, it's Andy Reid, it's Travis Kelsey, and it's Brett Veach, the general manager, because Brett Veach has done a great job of retooling. You know, the structure of Pat's contract has allowed them to you know retool that football team and keep the core of that football team together. You know, and I, I think it's going to take a little bit. I think this might be early in the season, a year where we see Kansas City maybe take a little bit of a step back because you're talking now about a receiver room that's vastly different than it was three years ago, and there's been continuous upheaval in the in that room. Yes, I think Sky Moore did better in the second half of the season. He made a couple plays, one as a punt returner. Another one as a wide receiver to to help them, you know, get to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, they lost Juju Smith Schuster again. Um, it's gonna take a little bit of time. That room is not as fear, you know, as as fearsome as it used to be about three years ago when they had a track team in there. Uh, 
you know, I, I like their three-headed running back running attack with Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon, who Jarek McKinnon can do so many things for you. And then I look for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to have a bounce back here this year. Um, they've retooled the offensive line. You go out and get Juwan Taylor and Donovan Smith will be the new tackles. Um, Reed Humphreys is as good a center as there is in the National Football League. They're they're really well coached. This is the thing to me that the Chiefs are not only talented, but they're extremely well coached. Um, Steve Spagnuolo on the on the back end of the defense, uh, you know, at the defensive coordinator, he's taken a bunch of mid to late round, you know, free agent guys and turned them into really good, solid secondary. Um, the Chiefs have invested in pass rush. You know, you got Chris Jones, who's the best big man pass rusher in football, I think. Harlathis, you go get Azuma, and you know, uh, Omen Omen Niku in free agency. So, I think they're I think they're going to be a team that will, you know, win the division. They're solid in the secondary and linebacker. Not not like not superstar name wise, but they play really well together. And they seem to play. It's interesting when you watch Bags's group on defense, particularly. It's interesting how they get better as they go through the season, right? Sometimes they'll struggle early, but they they keep doing it, keep playing, and you know he does a great job of coaching through the season. This this to me is one of the best coached football teams in the National Football League. I agree. I'm really interested to see how Karloftis makes that jump in a year too. Also, I feel like Patrick Mahomes could get three rookies off the street that haven't played college ball in two years, and they could and they could ball out. This is the problem, Jeff. Here, I want for for this and for the NFCs to get three quest. We'll, we'll we'll do three or four questions. I'll answer one. You answer one. I'll answer one. You answer one. Just to get in terms of time, I'll be very quick. Um, Neil Blair, I, I'll answer this one. Neil uh, is from the UK. I think he's living in Ireland at the moment. What beyond the Mahomes injury stops the Chiefs winning the West? For me, it's it's Chargers going on the run and beating the Chiefs home and away. And I don't see any other way of that happening. And I think that is still unlikely. Um, Busker is on the ball, Jeff, which is a bar in Dublin. There's a shout out. Uh, can anyone get close to the Chiefs in the West? Like, are you looking at the Chargers here, Jeff? Or no, I, 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 I really truly believe that, you know, there's some things that make me like the Broncos a little bit in terms of being able to rise up and, you know, Anytime you go into Denver to play, you're going to have altitude to play against, the weather to play against, and the Broncos to play against. And I think the Broncos will be much, much better organized, much better, much better coached, much, much better motivated. Um, so I think the Broncos have a chance, I think, to make some be a factor in the division. Now, I think the team, I agree with you, Mike, that I think the team most talented you know, the one that has the most likely chance of upseating them is is going to be the Chargers. And the Raiders, I think, you know, if like I said, if they can close, learn to close out games, they can be a factor in this thing too. But certainly it's Kansas City's division to win. Uh, Dave from Lee is asking me, does Sean Payton make an, make an immediate impact? I think he does, Dave, but I think they're going to come up a bit short this season. I think like any good team, you got to give them time to see what happens. Payton's been there, done it, so that is the big thing. Uh, right, let's get one more question here for the AFC West for Jeffrey here. Let's have a look. There's loads of advice for everyone that's coming in here. Lee Wakefield, who does your draft from, uh, I think he's from Wakefield, I get that correctly. He's from Leeds in England. S- same thing, isn't it? I think, Jeff, I mean, I'm sure you can tell me, Matt. Um, rank the defences of the AFC West. 
Go for it, my friend. Well, I think when you when you say rank the defenses, I, you're, you're talking about one defense that's proven, and that's Kansas City's. And now, you know, the other thing is they they play good defense in Kansas City because they're normally playing from ahead, right? I think the Chargers have talented players. A lot comes down to how healthy Jackson's going to be. How much does Khalil Mack still have in the bank? Can Bosa stay healthy? Um, and then the Raiders, I think, probably have the poorest defense in the league, at least on paper right now. But, you know, uh, Denver, obviously, you, you mentioned Frank Clark, too. I didn't even talk about Frank Clark. But, you, you know, you pick put Zach Allen on one side, Frank Clark on the other. That's not too bad. Um, you know, I like I like those linebackers in Denver, and Sertain and Simmons are two of the best defensive backs in the league. So there are some players in Denver. There are some players in you know with the Chargers. I, I just think that the Raiders probably once you get past Max Crosby, there's not an elite player in that group. You know, they put an awful lot of expectation on Tyree Wilson, a guy that was you know a, one of those you know freaky type guys that you know, tested out of them out of the books and has tremendous physical potential. But let me tell you something, it is a huge step to pro football from college football. And and uh, you know, I would not I would not expect him to be over six sacks this season. And, you know, but just having somebody around Max Crosby on the other side is going to help. That is our AFC West. I'm not going to call that a preview. Let, let, let's call this series a deep dive, Jeff. We've got the NFC East coming up next. Uh, if you search Pro Football Ireland or search Jeff Ryan Bullshit, Jeff's got his own RSS as well. His videos are on YouTube. Just search Pro Football Ireland or Jeff Ryan Bullshit Show. Uh, and yeah, just thanks a million for everyone listening to this, Jeff. I'll see you on the other side of this NFC East review. Uh, Aloha or Mahalo. What's the best for them? <laughs> there we go. There we go. See you soon, folks.